Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Hello, and welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast Series, brought to you by your CompTIA Business of Technology Communities Worldwide. My name is Gary Bixler. I'm the Vice President of Member Communities at CompTIA. And I'm excited, as always, to be your host for this podcast series. In most weeks, we'll be bringing you a podcast topic from one of our communities, but this week is special. Uh, we have a very special opportunity today uh, to bring you uh, a new inductee to our uh, IT Hall of Fame that CompTIA is honored and privileged uh, to host now for the industry. So uh, I want to bring in a special guest as our co-host, today for this special podcast. Uh, welcome, Scott. Hey, Gary. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here. Great to have you. So Scott Campbell uh, is, has a special relationship with this particular Hall of Fame inductee. And so we thought he was a, a perfect person to do this interview and this induction. But before we get to uh, technology and Hall of Fame and, and all that good stuff, I wanted to just uh, chat with you a little bit, Scott, because there aren't very many uh, of us that are avid kind of diehard baseball fans uh, in this little world that we live in. And so anytime I get a chance. Oh, that to... I am for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anytime I get a chance to talk to another uh, diehard baseball fan, I want to take that opportunity. And, and I understand, you know, you have a goal that is certainly aspirational for me, but I feel like I'm falling quite, quite a ways behind you. I've probably been to 15 major league baseball stadiums and that's signified by, I buy a, a fitted home team game cap at every stadium that I visit. And I've got about 15 of those uh, in my in my closet, but still a long ways to go. It sounds like you've been a little farther on that tour. Yeah, so I've seen all 30 major league teams play a home game, and I've probably been to about 40 stadiums now. Obviously, some of them have kind of closed and opened new stadiums like uh, – Shea Stadium, City Field, Tiger Stadium, Comerica, et cetera. So all told about 40. And you're right, it's something, it was a, a goal of mine for a very long time. And I guess back in the before times, right, when we all used to travel a lot more for work, anytime I was in a, a city or even kind of near a city, and I, I would look to see if a game was going on and try to knock that one off. And you do the fitted caps. I actually, my goal was to always take a picture from behind home plate and then um, in my old office, I used to have um, 30 framed photos or 30 frames that would include the photo, the ticket stub, schedule, something like that, that, you know, little oh, awesome. that would grab from each one too. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, the, um, <clears throat> the caps are kind of hard to keep, honestly, um, and they're, they're <laughs> in probably three different locations now, so I need to gather them up at some point, but um, that is fantastic. I love going to the ballparks. I've done a few of the old new, like you, the old Comiskey, new Comiskey in particular. Um, Fenway is by far my favorite park to be a part of. I got to see Pedro strike out 17 at Fenway uh, years ago. That was probably the highlight of my uh, stadium tours. Do you have any um, kind of most or least favorites? Well, Fenway is very near and dear to me too. Um, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts and I want to actually, I, I've seen a couple of Pedro games that were very close to that. My, probably my favorite Fenway game was it was opening day in the mid nineties and the Red Sox were down seven to two going into the last inning. 
and they scored seven runs capped off by a Mo Vaughn walk-off grand slam to win it. Um, wow. I mean, just being there for opening day is pretty special. And then to have that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was back when you used to be able to get tickets. And <laughs> day yeah. of Fenway now is a whole different story. Yeah. Well, it's even harder to get tickets now, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Even yeah. our situation. All right. Well, we could talk baseball all day, and I would love to do that. But I want to get to uh, this very special edition of our podcast, as we talked about, and uh, this is an induction into the IT Hall of Fame. And the IT Hall of Fame is a very special institution. It's not something that CompTIA started, but CompTIA has been entrusted as kind of the caretaker of the IT Hall of Fame and the host for the IT Hall of Fame uh, since 2010, so for about the last 10 years. But if you go back and look and go to the website, you'll see that the IT Hall of Fame began uh, or recognition of members uh, started in the 1950s with William Hewlett of HP, uh, and then a lot of the pioneers, the true pioneers in the technology industry, kind of the fathers and the mothers uh, of our computing business. So uh, it's a really special list, and all the people on this list are people that are who are in this business will recognize as as kind of pioneers and people that have made an impact uh, on this business that we enjoy, and this is no exception. Uh, this year as we introduce Bob Stegner. And I know you and Bob go way back and have a great relationship. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Scott. Why don't you introduce Bob and let's uh, get this conversation started. Sure. Well, you know, as you you know, mentioned, it, kind of anyone who's been in the IT industry or the tech channel for the last, you know, Bob's been around for 30 years, right? Um, and I don't know that I've ever met a more passionate ambassador ambassador for the solution provider channel and as well as for vendors and distributors too you know of you know between you know Ingram Micro and uh, now Synex as you mentioned for the last 13 years uh, I've known Bob for 20 plus of his 30 years and you know he's just one of those just means everything to the channel right and so I was very once we I found out that he was going to be inducted into kind of jumped at the chance to talk to him about that. And, you know, so we sat down with him recently and talked to him about his accomplishments, about how the tech industry and how the channel has changed over the you know last 30 years and also what's coming next. You know, I think that's a real important part of what's going on. Everyone's trying to figure out business, not just for the rest of 2020, but, you know, kind of looking forward too. So he had some interesting things to say about that. And um, I guess, you know, with that, Here's, uh, here's how the conversation went. I'm very excited to talk to our first guest today, someone I've known for, well, a long time. Um, Bob Stegner is Senior Vice President of Marketing North America at Cinex. He's been there for about 13 years now, but he's also a, he's going to probably hate me for saying this, 30-year tech industry and tech channel veteran. And now he's the newest inductee into the IT Hall of Fame, which occurred recently at ChannelCon. Bob, welcome and congratulations. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott, all things considered. Really good to talk to you. And I think I've known you since you were six years old. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll work with that, sure. So obviously, you know, we're doing this kind of virtually this year. Uh, and this, you know, it's going to be introduced at ChannelCon. Um, so congratulations on being inducted into the IT Hall of Fame. Just curious first about your reaction and where were you when you got the news? Well, Scott, like everybody else, I was sitting at home and I was virtually, I got a virtual uh, call 
to let me know that I was the newest inductee of the Hall of Fame. And I was quite frankly taken aback. I, I, I had, and you know, this is unusual for me, but I had no words. Oh, that's great. Well, congratulations. So I kind of want to use this podcast to talk a little bit about what got you here. So let's start with how it all got started. How did you get involved into, you know, the, I guess what was then a channel in the IT industry way back when? Scott, it's interesting. Um, coming out of the Ohio State University. I knew I, you were going to get that in. What you knew that? I was going to get that Over in. Over under about 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's probably bets going on with everybody out there how fast I'll get Ohio State's name in there. Um, but I was uh, actually started in the television industry right out of uh, college. I worked at one of the ABC affiliate in Columbus, Ohio. I uh, was working in there, not on, on screen, but behind the scenes. And I was involved in the sales and marketing and it grew on that. Ironically, that business started going downhill fast. It became all about price, all about, you know, just, you know, how low can you go? And I decided to get another industry. So I, I left the TV industry and I, my father was a small SMB and I kind of worked with him and I was at a meeting one day and I met, um, Randy Wilcox from SARCOM, and I looked at him as somebody I could sell um, IBM through because I couldn't sell that. Make a long story short, that quickly led to me starting with SARCOM as a salesperson. Uh, the first meeting, I'm sure a lot of people have gone through this, I, I walked in and they didn't write a position for me, but they were going to get me started. And I walked in, I'm sitting there and Randy walked out of his office and says, hey, I just fired some sales rep, you're going to take her territory. She's going to take you around and show you the ropes. I said, okay, that's fine. By the second visit, I knew that all her customers did not like her. I just asked her to take me back to the office. But that's really how it all started. I got into that. I, I got into that with uh, Sarcom, uh, really involved, got to really know a lot of resellers through, through Sarcom. During that time, we were also looking for a new distributor. So back then, the way you did it is you traveled around and met with the distributors and they gave you presentations and we flew all over the country seen at that time the five main distributors after that it, it all that's when it all changed i got a call from doug antone okay, hold on let's okay so yeah i want to let's stop there for a sec so there really I, I think there have been kind of three companies that have kind of paved the path for your career right so i did want to talk about each of them so okay with you know sarcom which eventually was bought by pc mall which became pcm and i think is now inside enterprises right it is. The, it started, uh, uh, SARCOM actually started as Inacomp, when I started with them, it was Inacomp Computers, and then it became, it changed to SARCOM, which quite frankly stands for Sarah and Randy's Computers, the, to the owner. Um, and no, I never after, knew that, actually. I never yeah, knew that. After, after, that's a little trivia for you there. And then after I left there, it was eventually bought by PC Mall, which became PCM, and which was recently bought by Insight. And then after that, you spent 10 plus years at Ingram, where you, know, you were kind of most known for the growth and development of the Venture Tech Network, which is now, now known as TrustX Alliance, which was, I think, a fairly unique idea at the time, right? And let's aggregate a network of some of the best and brightest small business bars in the country. And together, one plus one plus one equals four, right? The sum of the, the whole is greater than the parts. So what do you... Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. It didn't start as Venture Tech uh, Network. When I started with Ingram Micro back in the late 90s, uh, 
Uh, Ingram's in the process of buying intelligent electronics out of uh, Denver, Colorado. Once that was done, they had some small groups. They had the business technology group. They had uh, the intelligent systems group, which was the larger resellers. So a fellow by the name of, um, oh my God, hold on, I just, <laughs> Rick Sabraka, yep. who, who I've been working with recently, Rick Sabraka took over the, uh, the smaller group and started on that. I took over the bigger group. Then when Rick left, I took over all of them. And the Venture Tech Network continued to grow. Understand that when, when the uh, business technology group started, there was only 100 members. And so going a little further, that's why as VentureTech got so big, we came up with the local chapters. In other words, allowing these customers to get together and, you know, in smaller groups. And then uh, in uh, 2007 is when I uh, made the decision to uh, move over to Cinex. Yep. So about 13 years ago, you joined Cinex and started another solution provider network from scratch, Barnex. And of course, I've been involved in many, many other projects and initiatives, all geared toward helping, especially small business solution providers, right, grow their business. So, you know, what's that been like? And, you know, what's next? You got 30 more years in you? Yeah, I, I have 30 more years in me. I don't know if I'll be working 30 more years. <laughs> Uh, Cynics has been just a, a, a delight. Um, it, it was really fun starting something from scratch. Um, and we really just kind of, you know, you look there and Cynics was probably, you know, you're talking back 13 years ago and Cynics was not as large as it was now and, and grown as much, but there was a tremendous opportunity to get to know the resellers better for uh, the sex resellers. And that's how the whole thing with Varnex started. And as, just like anything else, everything has names, like I told you about how Vendor Tech and how it got started, is, uh, is uh, Varnex is Roy Var, and then you got the back end of Cinex. That's how that name come, came along, and it was partially developed by Bob Wong, the founder of Cinex. So we started small, and uh, it worked out great. I remember the first meeting was in Arizona at a small place and uh, it, it was not really what I would call well attended. I think I might've had the first meeting. I had more uh, Cynics employees than I did resellers, but it took off fast. It, it moved very, very fast and has grown into what it is now. Well, I'm thinking, you know, the key to success to any solution provider organization, obviously is the leadership behind it, but also getting the right, members too, right? The right solution providers. And I think that's something you've always done a great job with is finding the right solution providers, not just ones who are successful, but ones who are committed to working with each other and helping the industry as a whole. Well, I think you need to look at this uh, a, a couple ways. There's two things that make these successful. One is the group you surround yourself with to help make it successful. You've got to have people that feel the same way about the SMB channel that you do. I've been very fortunate over the years to surround myself with people that have the same passion for SMBs that I do. Then what I do is I look at the SMBs is, is that someone that I would want to do business with? Is that someone I would trust to work with my customer if I needed them to help in their city? Because I think that's important. Then you look at, you know, what 
what made them successful and how can you help them grow? So I have been probably pretty hands-on on the selection of SMBs over the year. And it's probably, I've gotten to know so many of them. And uh, we, can, we, we continue to do that. We still look at all of them and make sure it's somebody that if I'm in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I wanna be able to trust the guy in Boise, Idaho. And that's been critical. That's been then probably the most critical thing is putting them together with where they can all work closely together. Well, that's great. And that's certainly, you know, I think a big part of why you're being inducted into the IT Hall of Fame, you know, for kind of lifetime contributions to the channel, to the tech industry. Um, you know, specifically, obviously, you've probably helped thousands of SMB solution providers over the years kind of grow, be successful. But not just that, adapt to changing business climates, transform their businesses as, you know, the industry has changed. Why is the success of the SMB solution provider so important to you? You know, Scott, I was brought up as a son of an SMB. You know, my dad started in the tire business, a, a small group going through some things and, and doing all that. And I, I looked at that, so it was, I was brought up that way. You know, all the SMBs are out there, all went through the time when you went back to buy groceries and you looked to see how much cash was in the coffee cup that you had and you brought home with you. And you looked at the struggles and that got instilled on me on the ups and downs. You know, you have to think about the, a lot of these SMBs. Today is so important to them because they, they don't have the big 401k plans like big companies. They don't have a pension plan. They have what they do now. So what's always made me feel good is watching some of the really small ones grow and get bigger. And I've always looked at them exactly the same. We had a meeting years ago when I was at Ingram in Baltimore, and it was kind of a tough meeting. We're telling the customers they needed to kind of step up to be part of the group. And I'll never forget the time when a customer came up to me afterwards. I thought he, I thought he was going to cry. He looked at me and I go, what's, what's the matter? He goes, well, we're from Kenner, Louisiana. And he goes, I don't think I can do those numbers. And I sat out there, I talked to him a little bit, and I go, are you the biggest, baddest guy in Kenner, Louisiana? And he goes, yes, we are. I said, well, then you're good for this group. You'll be, you're a part of this group forever. And as he walked away, Bruce Geyer, one of the much larger customers in the U.S., walked up to me and he goes, you know, Stegner, what I like about you? You just treated that Kenner, Louisiana guy just like me, and I do $300 million with you. And I, have, I always think of that guy in Kenner, Louisiana, when I work with these SMBs. They're the ones that need the most attention and help. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, kind of speaking of which, too, obviously, you know, I think a lot of SMBs are going through a tough time right now with the, the pandemic and everything. You know, do you have any kind of specific advice for VARs now, you know, to kind of get through this? Have you guys done any work or research around that? Well, I think you have to look at it. This isn't the first time we've been through a bad time. Years ago, it was no different than what we're going through now. It was an economic downturn, and we were in Chicago. And I remember telling people, you know, what I want you to do in this meeting, so Venture Tech Me, what I want you to do is I want you to walk around, and I want you to meet five people. Just make sure you go meet five people. Talk about your business. I guarantee you're going to find two that have it worse than you. 
it's not that much difference now. A lot of people are struggling, but your end user now needs you now more than ever. So the key is this is your opportunity to show your value. This is the opportunity to show you how valuable you are to that end user to help you grow. You'll all get through it together. You just got to hunker down and, you know, don't take any chances and do as much as you can to keep your end user successful as well. Because just remember, you may be working with a restaurant or something like that. They, they're closed. A lot of those are closed. You know, you have the opportunity to try to work with the, the people and at least get them up and running working from home. So I just look at right now for an SMB, your customers need you now more than ever. All right, that is great. Very awesome advice, good. All right, I wanna go through a couple of kind of listicle things right now. If you could tell me maybe three things that you're most proud of in your career? Three things that really kind of stick uh, out. Sorry, there's construction going on in our house right now. What was that question? <laughs> sorry. Three <laughs> things you're most proud of in your career. Well, obviously, Scott, the, the first thing's going to be just the, uh, the, uh, the part of me that has been involved in the, in the different communities. And it's not just the two I was involved with, it's all the communities. There are some, you know, I think communities are important to the SMBs and they should be in one. And, and I always felt that I wanted the other people to be just as successful as VentureCheck was because it added credibility to it. And I think I did a good job at that, talking about the communities, working about them and keep them going. The other thing is the relationships I've made with the vendors. Um, that's been really important to me because they, they trust me. And I, I can talk to them about different opportunities of how to help them grow their business. I can also tell them things that might work and might not work because understand a lot of times the vendors have different goals than the SMBs. They're looking at just moving some product out or, or something like that. And then they need to be guided on that. But nothing will ever top the fact of the relationship and the friends I've made in the SMB markets. If I go through and the other day, just after I found out about this, I just, I sat there, and I was kind of staring at a map and I looked at all the cities where I've met an SMB reseller and I, I just started reminiscing about it. And that's, it's one thing that I'll always, I'm working with them now and I continue to work with them, but a lot of them will always be lifelong friends. I stay in touch with a lot of them a lot. And just to stay in touch, a lot of them are retired now which brings back my 30 years. And then I'm retired now, but I still reach out to them and, and ask them about stuff. And, and you know, those are things you just can't take away from the business is the lifelong relationships you've made. Great, that's awesome, very good. And you know, kind of speaking of the vendors too, that reminds me of something that I thought you did a remarkable job of, you know, at Ingram and Cynics was getting vendors to recognize the power of community and the power that collectively the SMB market could bring. You know, I think a lot of vendors saw maybe, you know, 500,000 small businesses and thought them very unwieldy or maybe even unworthy of their attention. But when you bring them all together and you show what 500 solution providers can do at once, I think they recognize the scale that the SMB market had. And I think you did a phenomenal job with that. And that showed in the different events you have 
where the vendors would come in and offer, you know, member exclusives and member discounts, et cetera. Um, and that was something that was great for the solution providers too, right? I think that showed that, you know, they had power. It's funny you say that because another memory here is uh, I remember when I, when we started this, you know, they'd ask me what these communities were like. I go, well, the pause about it is they're a group of independent owners. The negative about it is our group of independent owners. Right. You just have to find a way to get them in the same corral. And there's only one way to do that. It comes back to surrounding, having the best team that you can possibly have that can work, work with them to show them the value. And that gets, then what happens is you work one-on-one with the vendors on the fact that you look at that. And I think if you go back, a lot of guys that used to work with me know, I always use the true value example. Well, we never really branded a building. True value has one of the greatest models if you think about it. They're independent hardware stores, but they're all working together. And I can walk into, I can walk into a true value hardware store anywhere I want. I own my hammers as true value on it. What we had to do is work directly with these vendors to try to do the same thing with the SMBs. How can we work with them to make sure that they're all singing from the same hymn book, that they're all talking about the same thing, whether back in the old days it was IBM or Compaq or some of those. We work very close with them to be able to present the same solution all over the country. And I think vendors saw that and they didn't have a way to do that. You know, you, you, you go back to Intercom. I'm really aging myself and they had a direct and indirect model and it just, it didn't work because it was really competing. And I think that was part of it. The fact that when Intercom had their direct model before they went out of business, that helped because they knew, the vendors knew that if you could have a, a group of resellers all working together, you can get your message out to a lot more people. Yep. So, you know, I think you've been, you know, an inspiration to many, many people through the years. You know, we've heard some of them at your, you know, during the video at Channel Con. Who are maybe three people who have inspired you or mentored you through the years? Well, I thought about that, Scott. And when you've been in the business this long, narrowing it down to three is very difficult. Um, I, I, I sit there and I, I look at it, but, but, but three do kind of stand out. Um, one is Kevin Murray. He used to be the, uh, I met him when he first was uh, working in Ingram's Canada office and got to know him. And then he eventually came to Santa Ana and became the president of Ingram Micro and worked his way up to the worldwide. But I watched the way he handled people, the way he remained calm, and the way he led. And I always thought that was a good thing to learn from is watching from that. And then when I moved to Cinex, I met Peter LaRock, a legend. And Peter has, you know, how many people really have one job? I believe Peter's been at Cinex now for 37 years. I believe he's employee number like four. Uh, he's now the North American president. But he taught me, what he really showed me is the value of not only holding people accountable, but giving them the leverage to really move out on their own and, and go through things. And it's been a, a wonderful thing for me to see the way he too values the relationships. And that's always been good. So he and, he and Kevin were really big on the relationship. 
but there is no doubt the one that inspired me the most is my father. Um, unfortunately, he, well, he started in the, the business long ago as an SMB, and I watched the ups and downs. And it's really taught me about the SMB market. It taught me that you, you've got a plan for the future, whether it be good or bad. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at him now, and unfortunately, he's 92 years old, and he had a stroke back in December, and he's kind of hanging in there at a, uh, at a home right now. But I, I can't begin to tell you, if you're, if you're brought up in the market where you see the ups and downs of an SMB, you're able to go back to it. You know, if I, if I think of my dad, you're gonna love this one, Scott. It made me think of one time I brought Tito in. We were in Austin, Texas, I brought Tito in. And everybody knows Tito Vodka, but they, all, they don't know how Tito gets started. By the way, his last name is Beverage. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> but it kind of reminded me of my dad, except that he was much more successful than my father. Um, is he started with 19 credit cards. And that's how a lot of these guys started. And I remember times when my dad would come home and it was payday and my mother's name was Mary Lou. And I go, my dad would say, Mary Lou, good news. We made payroll this week. The bad news is we're not on it. And a lot of these people went through the same thing. And that prepared me for, there is nothing an SMB can't tell me right now that I haven't heard or experienced. So there's probably nothing harder than SMB pain, but nothing greater than SMB success. So it is. It's, uh, you know, you know, Scott, if, if you know what it's like to see, uh, be at a meeting and an SMB guy come up to you and say, I got to tell you about this big deal I won. Because I always feel that SMB's always got one, one really good, loyal customer that might be a little bigger. But the look on their face when they talk about it, about the success they had, and many times it's something that you or your company did to help them, or even if it's not, they just love to talk about it. And I love hearing the stories. And I'm probably one of the, if I have to go, if I'm at a meeting, and you've seen this before, me getting from point A to point B is not that easy. <laughs> because I stop for everybody. If they've got a story to hear, I'm going to say it. I'm going to hear it. And I stop and listen to it. So don't look for me to get to point A and point B in a vendor fair that quickly. <laughs> That's true. So after 30 years now, you know, what, what still excites you? What's still motivating you to, to keep going? Well, it's the change in the market. What's exciting now is you think about the old days when it was pick, pack, and ship. Now these guys have to really come up with some, they really have to learn some solutions. And what excites me is someone that wants to reach out and do it. Now, if we go back years ago, if you recall, healthcare was the, the, just the, that was the talk of the town. Everybody wanted to talk about healthcare. I remember one reseller telling me, he goes, yep, I'm getting into healthcare business. And I'm talking to him. He goes, great. And he goes, I go, what's making you do that? And he goes, well, I was talking to Larry and Larry's got a whole bunch of places around him and it really has helped his business. And I said to the guy, oh, are there many hospitals in your area? And he goes, no, there's none. And I said, well, then why are you doing it? And he said, well, because Larry was doing it. Yeah. So if you look at that and you talk about the motivation, it's taking that and trying to turn it and say, well, how about if you do something like this? 
it's like working with them and just giving them another ear to listen to and talk about the talk about the different things. There's always going to be something new and exciting. Just like I said right now, you know, it's it's these SMBs are quickly adapting to helping their end users work work from home, you know, learning more about head, headsets or, you know, cameras, things that they never really thought about that much and how quickly adapted. It. And it's fun. It's a challenge, but it's fun to help them and see them and have them call back and say, I never thought I would sell 5,000 headsets. Right, right. Yep, yep. So, you know, you have probably as broad and as deep and as long a perspective as anybody in the industry. So what do you see kind of going ahead uh, for what, you know, I guess what we call the business of technology space, you know, vendors, distributors, solution providers working together? Well, it's a lot harder now than it was back when I was a young salesperson selling generic memory at 50 points margin. You know, that those, those days are gone. Um, where I see it coming now is you've got to be smarter, swifter, and a lot more knowledgeable. And you've got to, you've got to lead. Um, I think there's a great opportunity now. The world's changed. We're not going to go back. There is no going back to normal. There's a be a new normal, but there's not, you're not, there's no, no going back to normal. You know, you look now at companies now that are shutting down their offices and going from a work from home forever, you know, our son works for uh, AT&T. They're not even looking at going back to after the first of the year. So a lot of these people are changing on that. So there's a tremendous opportunity now for these SMBs to go in and help and, and change, you know, the way they do business. But I see, our, I see our change now being much more virtual. I see that you've got to really embrace it. Nothing will ever change face-to-face -face meetings. People still like to deal with people. That will never change. And so you're gonna have to be able to have that ability to have meet some customers live as well as virtual. But you are really, this is gonna be the hardest adaption I think you've ever had to make because you're used to just walking into somebody's office and talking to them and you know, getting the thing, shaking hands, patting on the back and walking out with a great deal you're not going to have anymore. So you're going to have to really adjust how you do business. Yeah. Well, I hope we can get back to some of that sooner than later for sure. And I would think that kind of also applies to, you know, expansion and growth and for kids coming out of college, right. You know, how are they supposed to find a job? How are you supposed to know about a kid if you can't necessarily see him face to face? So I'm curious as to, you know, what advice would you have for someone who's coming out of school now, you know, looking to start a career in the tech industry. Scott, I got to tell you something funny. Um, I jumped on a plane from South Carolina on March 13th and flew back to California. And I've been here ever since. I have three employees that started after we closed. They've never even been to the office. You know, they're working wow. from home right now. You talk about a difficult situation for some of these young kids. All three of them are just out of college. Wow. Um, you know, we're real big on hiring kids. We have what's called the discovery rep program. Look for, if, if I was a, a young person, I would look for something like that. Most of the people, a lot of these bigger companies have like a discovery rep program where you come in low. Don't worry about where you start in your career. Worry about where you finish. You know, if you can get in the door, get in there. 
So I've got these people right now that are working virtually. I mean, the equipment was literally delivered to their apartments and they're working all virtual. So it's really hard to compare now. All I can say is pick something that you enjoy doing. Go in and work on it. If this is something you're passionate about, then, then stick with it. If you don't like it, don't stick with it. But you got to be able to have fun while you're working. And if you're not having fun, you're in the wrong job. Awesome. Well, thanks very much. I know we're kind of running out of time here, but speaking of having fun, <laughs> it would be very remiss if I didn't ask you this. You know, you are noted for some very outlandish, is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, I, I have been. Very well, well thought of costumes and entrances at your events. Uh, you know, gosh, I can remember everything from, you know, Caesar to Kiss to so many more. And I think I saw most recently, maybe Mr. Rogers was fairly recently. Uh, how do you come up with these ideas? And, you know, what have been some of your favorite costumes through the years? Well, Scott, I really, I thought about this one. I can't remember exactly when it started, but I do know why. Um, one of the things I learned when I first started Ingram that we were, and I, cause I had come there as a reseller is it's a very large company and, and you always like to feel there's somebody that you can kind of reach out to besides the company. And a fellow by the name of Pat Collins and I talked about it. Pat used to run uh, sales for uh, Ingram and there needed to be something that they could look at besides being a, I think at that time, a $32 billion company. And they need to be able to laugh and have fun. And I remember dressing, I don't remember the first one, somebody like a Chris Phillips would remember what my first one was, I don't. Um, but it was nice because it lightened up the crowd. It, there's some things I've dressed up as, you know, like as you said, Caesar, uh, probably one of the, the more fun ones because we actually had it at Caesar's Palace in, uh, in Las Vegas. And a lot of people don't know the a &E Network was following us at that time. It was called Behind the Scenes at Caesars. And they actually showed, we became part of their TV show in there. And it was a lot of fun to do that. Well, hold on. See, we're not getting the visual of that. That, was, that one was way more than just a costume, right? That was you being carried in by a bunch of muscle-bound guys on a throne, if I recall, right? Yeah. Well, if what you didn't see is behind the scenes, they couldn't find, I don't even know what that thing was called that they carried you in on, but the big muscle-bound guys came in. I was throwing grapes out to the crowd. What people didn't know is I got on it, there was a nail sticking out of the side of it, and it cut through my leg. But fortunately, through as I'm up on stage doing the opening, I could feel the blood running down my leg, only to be met behind the stage by some medic that fixed my leg because they knew what had happened. But that was a good one. The, uh, the, the KISS one, uh, that's another fun one. We were in Las Vegas. KISS was actually in Las Vegas at the time. And this is coming out probably for the first time. We hired a cover band, KISS. Uh, they took an, about an hour and a half to put the makeup on me. And I came out with KISS. And I do think at that point, a lot of people thought KISS was really there. And that was one I was a little uncomfortable with. I thought, oh my God, this is kind of dumb. But then when I looked out on the audience, Scott, and I saw all our customers standing up, filming and laughing and taking it. Yeah, I really got into it. But I think that's part of it. You know, you well, got there was, I, I can tell you, you know, having been in an audience for many of those, there really was a fevered pitch of anticipation, like what you were going to do and how are you going to top 
the last one, and it was uh, it really was a something. Well, they had they there was they always had bets going on at it because they always knew probably the biggest one was going to be in Las Vegas. But we had some fun and different. We tried to tie the things in. The last one, the uh, Mr. Rogers was one of my favorites because it kind of tied into what we're doing. And I believe they called it Mr. Stegner's neighborhood. And dressing up as Mr. Rogers was a perfect timing. I even went and got my haircut like Mr. Rogers. That's how far I took that one. <laughs> All right, great. Well, like I said, we are very running, much running out of time here. Is there anything else you would want to add or anything else you want to say about you know, your induction into the IT Hall of Fame? Scott, the only way I can say is the only way you ever get to have an honor like this is the people that are around you. So I can't thank the associates I've worked with over all the years at SARCOM, at Ingram, at Cinex have helped me get to this point. I also can't thank enough the vendors and, and the, and the uh, customers. The customers have been my bread and butter. Um, I, I, the friendships that I've made will last as long as I'm alive. And that goes beyond anything else. So this really, let's be real. If you look at this and why I'm here, this is about the SMBs. This isn't really about Bob. This is really about recognizing all those SMBs out there that come home one day and say, we made payroll, but we're not on it. And those are the guys I thank. All right, great. Well, Bob Stegner, again, thank you very, very much for catching up talking with us today. Uh, thank you very much for talking about your career, you know, the industry and what to look forward to in the future. It was great to hear up. It was great to hear about what it takes to be successful, but not only successful, but worthy of a Hall of Fame induction too. So. Again, thanks very much. Congratulations, and I wish you the best for the next 30 years. Thank you, Scott, and come to you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech Podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast. 